sometimes it's so easy to feel like we as Christians have a target on our back or that it's difficult to stand up for the truth in the midst of a culture that is really having its foundations shaken and destroyed. So today we'd look at the example from Psalm 10 and the reminder that God is still on the throne. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are in Psalm 11, and this is a Psalm of David. In the Lord I take refuge. How then can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bows. They set their arrows against the strings to shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes the sons of men. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked and those who love violence his soul hates. On the wicked he will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur. A scorching wind will be their lot. For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. Upright men will see his face. I think without explanation we can hear and see a lot of the metaphors that are referenced in this passage. Um, Verse 11, I'm sorry, verse 2 talks about bending their bows. And that phrase literally means to step on the bow. My husband is an archer and you'll see him sometimes when you're stringing a bow, you have to hold it um, steady. And so with these large bows that they would use in order to string those bows, the warrior or the hunter would step on the midsection of it in order to draw the ends of the bow close enough so that they could place the string on both sides. 
And so when it says in verse two, for look, the wicked bend their bows, they set their arrows against the strings to shoot from the arrows. It's it's literally talking about how um, weapons are being used as a threat to their physical lives. But this imagery of weapons was also used in this text as a metaphor for really any kind of serious threat. Sometimes it was legal or maybe economic or even just their social well-being. And I think that's something that we have all faced before. Maybe we don't literally feel that somebody has a bow and arrow towards our head, but we definitely all feel like we have a target on our back sometimes, whether it is like they said, legal or economic or social. And I think sometimes we get into this place where we feel like, man, I can't even catch a break because it just keeps coming one after another. Like we literally have a target on our back. That's what's kind of happening in this text. In verse three, it says, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? This Hebrew word that's talking about foundations, it it only appears here in the sense of the social order. But this concept is really found lots of different places in the Old Testament. So in ancient Egypt, this would be the concept of ma'at. And, and that really refers to the moral and the social order of their entire universe. And it's really closely linked to having an effective rule and a stable rule of the king that was in place at the time. So in this ancient Near Eastern environment at the time that this was written, the Sumerians, um, which was another people group, they would have believed that the political and social order was established by the gods. So sometimes it's talking about uh, the rule of the king. Sometimes it's talking about the rule of the gods. And they really felt that the gods were the ones that issued the decrees regarding civilization. So the control of the foundation was really a matter of what they would consider divine management. Because if you remember, even in the sense of the kings, a lot of times they felt that the king itself was a deity. So this understanding of foundations, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? The foundations is really seen as something that if they're being destroyed, that's something that the deity is doing to them. So in verse three, where it says, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? It's really a lament over the destruction of the social order of that culture. And I feel like we find ourselves in a very similar place. Literally think about this. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? We have that conversation in our house all the time. The foundations of America, especially right now, that was founded on biblical principles is being destroyed. What can the righteous do? This is where that encouragement comes in, where it's talking about what God is doing in the midst of that. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. Guys, the Lord is still on the throne. And I think it's easy to lose sight of that when we're in the midst of the chaos that is our culture right now. And, you know, it's it's from media to politics to laws that are being written. My goodness, the the culture, the, the foundations that were, were based on biblical principles has really been destroyed. And this is the place where we can recognize that the Lord is still on the throne. This psalm challenges us when we are tempted to compromise 
were given to basically this idea that biblical principles are, are being pushed aside and ignored. The people that who are faithful will trust God in that process, and he will enable them to walk this path of godliness in the midst of um, a season when that's not the very popular thing to do. When the foundations are being destroyed, the believers will have confidence. And what's the scripture say? Scripture say that the upright men will see his face. Remember, when it says men, it means humans, upright humankind, not just men. I think it's important to point out one other thing. It says, those who love violence, his soul hates. So because the Lord is compassionate and he's a just God, he loves justice. In verse 7, we see he loves justice. He literally is opposed or despises those who are participating or taking place in this violence, this opposition, especially against God's people. And so this is really a warning to the believers today who are opening themselves up to the harm that can really come from succumbing to the culture, this foundation that's being destroyed. We can sometimes easily get sucked in. And when we lower our guard, what ends up happening is, is initially it might be, uh, you know, a show on, I'm not going to say the popular streaming platform, but it, it initially might be a show that we just watch and we compromise just a little bit. We, we definitely know that it's not in line with God's principles or ideals, but we compromise. And then we're around people at work and we get sucked into the gossip and we compromise and then perhaps we're on social media and we're watching something that we shouldn't be watching or we're, we're engaging in something that we shouldn't be engaging in. And then before you know it, we're addicted to our phones, but yet we're not in God's word. The, the thing I hear over and over and over again is I don't have time. People say, I don't have time to read God's word. That's why this podcast is popular. But yet most of those people have been on social media that same day. And I'm not saying this to throw shade at anybody. What I'm saying is this, this is a, a problem that has been common even since biblical times, which means we have to guard our hearts against it. We need to guard uh, our hearts against the things that God hates because the enemy will try to ensnare us and get us sucked into those things. So given that insight, I'm going to read this again. Psalm 11, in the Lord, I take refuge. How then can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bows. They set their arrows against the strings to shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord in his holy temple, the Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes the son of man. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked and those who love violence, his soul hates. On the wicked, he will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur. A scorching wind will be their lot. For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. Upright men will see his face. God, we thank you that in the midst of our foundations being destroyed, that you are still on the throne. Lord God, help us to take encouragement from the fact that you are on the throne that there's nothing that we can do to throw you off there's nothing that this world can do to throw you off but yet in this place where we find ourselves 
with our foundations being shaken. Lord God, help us to lean into you. Help us to be encouraged to know that you will help us walk that path. God, help us to guard against that slippery slope of um, engaging with the culture in a way that affects and impacts our hearts and minds. God, I pray that you would guard our hearts in that way. You would help us to recognize your hand, recognize your voice of conviction when we are uh, starting to head down that road of compromise. God, help us to recognize the way that you continue to call us to lives of righteousness and obedience and the way that you help us to do that. Lord, I thank you for the way that you continue to reveal yourself through your word. We thank you and praise you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, before you go, I just wanted to fill you in on something. I've gotten a lot of questions recently about what's next. People have gone through the She Hears Bible study and they kind of want to have some direction as far as what to do next. Don't worry, I will be writing more studies, but in the meantime, the goal of the She Hears Bible study was to not only help you to learn how to hear Jesus through the example of the six women in the study, but really for you to have a, a set of tools to use that you can apply to other passages of scripture. So what I have available for you on the resources page of my website is a couple different tools to help you do just that. And depending on your budget, there's lots of options. The first option is just a very simple uh, ESV version book of John Bible journal. And so what that is, is on one side, you have the scripture from the the whole book of John. So on one side, you have the actual scripture verse by verse. And on the other side, you have places to take notes. And so that's a really easy place to continue doing the color method of study. And if you don't have the colors that we have designated in the study, those are available. I think they're just a couple bucks in the, in the resources page as well. But you can continue to use that color method throughout, you know, one chapter or a, a couple verses. It's a really easy way to do that. And they're small. You can kind of tuck it into your bag. The second resource is similar, except it's all four gospels like that. And so that, that one is done by Hosanna Revival and they're just beautiful. Um, I love them, just the aesthetic of them. They make me feel really special when I'm working in them. And so that's all four of the Gospels. And that's a little bit more expensive because you're getting the whole set. And then the third option, and there's two different price points depending on what you're looking for, is we have journaling Bibles. And so there's the hardcover that are beautifully painted, and then also the leather bound. And what I love about those is when you open them up inside, you will see space in the margins to continue to write. Some people just have a thing about writing in their Bibles. Not me. My Bibles are all marked up. But if you have a thing about writing in your Bibles, this could be a dedicated journaling Bible where you can do the color method and not worry about getting, you know, your study Bible all messed up. And so I pray that those resources bless you. I started putting those in the shop after people started requesting them. And then I realized that I never really told you guys about them unless you private message me. So in case you're looking for what's next, what's more, this is a really good transition after you finish the She Hears Bible study. I pray that it blesses you. Have a good week, friends. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. 
You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.